the Back to Back Films podcast, where we cover the things you never knew you wanted to know about movies. I'm your host, Keith. This is Byron. I'm Jake. <laughs> I'm surprised was, you didn't change it up. That was so fucking normal that it was like <laughs> it was so normal, surprising. But like not normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, You're wow. welcome. So I just want to start this off by saying apologies if my voice sounds weird. The fucking pollen allergies are getting to me and making my nose stuffy. So. Same with mine, yeah. Uh, so I haven't um, been getting it this year for some reason. Normally I'm horrible, but it hasn't hit me yet, and I'm, I'm very thankful. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. screw you. Thank you. <laughs> no one else uh, will. Uh, so our main topic this week is anime films. Um, our first film is Akira, released in 1988. A secret military project endangers Neo-Tokyo when it turns a bike... Uh, excuse me. A secret military project endangers Neo-Tokyo when it turns a biker gang member into a rampaging psychic psychopath that only two teenagers and a group of psychics can stop. Uh, Akira was written by Katsuhiro Otomo and Izu Hashimoto, and it was directed by Katsuhiro Otomo. It stars Mitsuo Iwata, Nozo, Nozomu Sasaki, Mami Koyama, Tesho Genda, Kaz- Kazuhiro Kamifuji, Tatsuhiko Nakamura, Fukue Ito, and Taro Ishida. Our second film is Perfect Blue, released in 1997. A retired pop singer turned actress's sense of reality is shaken when she is stalked by an obsessed fan and seemingly a ghost of her past. Perfect Blue was written by Sadayuki Murai, 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 something like that, and it was directed by Satoshi Kon. It stars Junko Iwao, 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 uh, Rika Matsumoto, and Shinpachi Suji, among many other people, but don't really want to didn't really want to get into too deep of a list with and that that's one. obviously for both films the japanese uh versions yeah i, I <laughs> which watched, is really the only versions anybody yeah. should watch i think i mean i think because yeah. we watched akira on hulu actually and it has a dub and a sub version cool cool we did the sub i usually watch it in the language that it was made yeah in. same yeah yeah kind of it's yeah so if um, the dubs were any good then I would do the dubs because I would want to focus on the visuals and just yeah. kind of have the audio in the background. But the dubs are so often poorly done that it like hurts the movie. <laughs> you know, yeah, there's only yeah. there's actually only two shows, anime shows that I've watched in the dub version, and they're Dragon both by the same guy. No, well, oh. okay, yeah, the Dragon Ball Z, actually, the- yeah. The English dub version? Yeah, yeah, so I actually saw three. So yeah, Dragon Ball Z, because the the Japanese voices for Dragon Ball Z sound kind of funky. Um, yeah. But uh, Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo, I watched both of those in English because they just sound better. The voice oh, wow. actors sound See, I better. I watched Cowboy Bebop with the Japanese dub. I'm going to have to try it, but definitely yeah. Samurai Champloo for sure in English because the voices yeah, are really I, good. Yeah, hmm. I watched Samurai Champloo with the, the English, and then Samurai... Uh, Afro Samurai, I think it's just all English, right? There is no oh, Japanese yeah, dub. Oh, yeah, Afro Samurai. Yeah. Is there a Japanese dub on that, though? There might be. There but, might be. But, but I think it was part of the reason English, is right? that Samuel L. Jackson right. voices like yeah. most of the characters. Yeah, so uh, it's kind of interesting to watch that one with him in it. Um, now, that one I watched, yeah, dub, because yeah. I don't know if there is a sub. But, yeah, I don't, yeah, Afro Man, yeah. Um, That's weird but, that there's no sub and there's a dub. 
I think it was like Japanese people making it for English audiences. Right. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was like a it was like a co-production thing, and yeah, yeah. because I think a lot of the the behind-the-scenes crew were Japanese, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But then, like, the ma- like the Afro Samurai himself doesn't talk very much, but his his like s- companion guy talks a lot, and it's Samuel Jackson, and it's pretty fucking yeah. hilarious. <laughs> it's awesome, yeah. It's a good show. Yeah, I saw that after I think watching Akira on Hulu. That show came up as like an option to watch. And I was it's like, awesome. What the hell is this? <laughs> like, this looks weird, man. No, dude, it's awesome. It has like yeah. the. Uh, the RZA from the Wu Tang Clan did the music, yeah, and it's fucking mm. dope. It's, it's like dope. it's like Samurai Shampoo, where it's like a uh, this weird mashup of like old school, you know, artistic romanticized Japanese samurai or whatever, yeah, with like modern day hip hop themes to it. Oh, so, like, interesting. Like there's like an episode about like graffiti. Actually, I think that's Samurai Shampoo. But, like, you know, there's, like, these big festivals where there's all this technology that, like, would it actually exist? Like, they wear headphones and listen to music, and there's, like, computers. It's, like, half sci-fi. Yeah, just, like... That's one kinda, of the characters is, like, a uh, fucking... He's got, like, a teddy bear, like, a giant, like, mascot teddy bear head. But it's... On the inside of it, it's actually, like, a Darth Vader-style, like... Uh, life support system, essentially. It's kind of huh. crazy. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a really cool show. It's super awesome, and it's like super gory. Samurai or Afro samurai is super gory. It's a really um, odd mix of ingredients. I know it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome, and it's like a super just like very very basic plot. Like there's two headbands, and you're either number one or you're number two, and they're always vying for number one yeah. type of thing, and that's about it. A great color uh, scheme too. A lot of mm-hmm. like oranges and blues, but then they also do like some episodes with like greens and stuff. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Super oh, cool. unique. Yeah. That's yeah, that's so, what I kind of felt with Akira with the colors. I was like like having the main character have like this red get up, you very know? saturated red. red. Very yeah. Sa- yeah, very saturated. Really interesting. It's kind of interesting how they do that, or uh, maybe they do this in live action too. But how color they use color a lot more in anime and just mm-hmm. animated things in general. Mm-hmm. Canada. <laughs> yeah hey canada, canada. <laughs> yeah this sounds like they're saying canada the yeah. whole time <laughs> um so i'm gonna kick this off and just talk about a little bit about what anime actually is uh so anime is basically at its core just the japanese term for animation uh so all forms of animation um, outside of japan it refers solely to the animation from japan but it's grown to kind of become something more akin to like any animation characterized by colorful graphics, vibrant characters, and fantastical themes. So, like, in Japan, would they call, like, Looney Tunes anime? And, I mean, in theory, yeah, that would be anime. But right. in Japan, anime has kind of become... There's, like, a distinct anime. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like, the kind of Sailor Moon, Gundam Wing yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Right? The That's... stuff that you, th- you see here... Right. There's more of that even there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of like transcended. Yeah, just general it, animation. It boggles my mind how much anime there is that I've never even heard of. There's oh, there's yeah. so, so much, so yeah. much. It's a huge industry, yeah. and Japan pretty much has it like monopolized. Yeah, for yeah. the most part, because technically, it's kind of become more than just a Japanese thing. Yeah, you know, anime can technically be produced anywhere. Yeah, you know, but like. 
this Mojib Japan tends to be the one that's like producing the most right. of it. Um, so when did it originate? Well, it kind of like began. Well, okay, so the concept of animation and stuff like that is like you know, and drawings and illustrations are way before this, but it kind of started to come about in the early 1900s, um, 1917 being the year of the first professionally released and displayed works of anime. Um, by the 30s, animation was well established. So pretty much like, you know, Japan's film industry sort of followed the American industry in that sense. Because um, obviously Disney was around during those times and kind of was still doing its its own form of animation. Um, manga, which is a, or manga, whichever, however you pronounce it, essentially, which are essentially just the comics, uh, started to catch on as simplified forms of Disney works. And those two things sort of grew in parallel, um, and then really exploded in popularity in the seventies. Um, and then obviously, like I said, like manga, this comic strip art form, you know, there's comics dating back to like the 1500s, drawing, painting, stuff like that is way before that even. So, um, see the eighties brought more mainstream and international acceptance, but the nineties is when it was really became internationally popular. Hmm. Uh, you know, and then we covered things like Ghost in the Shell and, you know, Gundam Wing. It was kind of one of the big ones to kind of help it push. But then obviously you said like yeah. Sailor Moon. Um, can yeah, can yeah. I slip you, in here? Yeah, sure. The uh, What's kind of interesting about that is I was doing some research uh, on Disney today and their kind of timeline of of their renaissance and when their, their, their movies were really big. And the Disney renaissance, which kicked off with Little Mermaid, was in 1989. But between 1988 and the 70s they were in this kind of lull period and it's kind of interesting that anime kind of picked up during that lull and i wonder if there's a connection between those two things well there are because they were i mean animation and anime artists were like stealing from disney and like yeah stealing their style of how they actually because disney helped uh forward the technology or further the technology mm-hmm. of an- how they animate things like there's crazy like you know they had layers of plates that they would film to get these animation you know there's like a there's yeah. an old uh, Mickey Mouse or a, it's either Mickey Mouse or Popeye or someone where they're like walking through a cave and like the cave moves in the background yeah. because there's actual plates moving and then yeah. they have like the animated uh, like play in front or whatever, doing the motion too. Um, so it does this crazy effect. And, and like, like Bambi was pretty influential because they used like glass slides mm-hmm. and stuff That's in the background. Yeah, yeah like, mm-hmm. um, which like, but like it, there was something about Bambi that was different, um, and it kind of revolutionized something to do with light. But I forget. Oh, interesting. Know. Yeah, hmm. but yeah, but yeah, no, it's crazy. Yeah, so they were stealing. They were stealing techniques. They were stealing, like, ideas. They were stealing concepts. They were stealing, like, I mean, everything, essentially, you know. And then and then converting it into something that was different than that um, and could could appeal to more Japanese audiences. Um, so, you know, I don't know whether or not that has anything specifically to do with Disney's lull. I mean, I feel like every production company goes through a lull period right right i guess i i wonder if people gravitated towards anime during that time because that's what the that was what was out there 
I think you know? so. Yeah. But I also think that um, I think like every every film movement, audiences were tired of seeing the same stuff. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, and they I get think, sick of it. And I honestly think like Akira is maybe the biggest example of something that was so unlike any other animation out there. Like it was, yeah. it's more adult. It's more that it kind of like fed a niche that nobody really thought was even there, but it was, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. <laughs> and then like, it also that like weird kind of like it's <sighs> controversial aspect of it. Um, Cause like Sailor Moon, I mean, it's pretty sexual, but it's not like graphic, you know, like, right. And like, there's nothing like that, that you, in Disney's canon, you know, from the seventies and below. Yeah. Disney's animation has always been targeted towards children. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas anime is like the whole spectrum. Right. You have very, very adult anime. I mean, even porn. And then you have very, very childlike anime. Right. And it's weird because like Sailor Moon can anybody can watch it but when you're an adult you start seeing things in it that you're like whoa yeah (laughs) you know what i thought about i thought that about spongebob man that's true when you watch some of these cartoons i mean there were some that were overt like ren and stimpy and rocko's modern life that were like pushing the line but there's other ones that they tried to play it way more subtle and you're like god damn like you guys are adding some yeah some little things in there that if you know if you're really paying attention i mean it's like the whole disney conspiracy with adding like subliminal sex-based imagery you know like boners and penises and right yeah little mermaid there's there's a lot of that a lot of penises and then like apparently like in lion king the dust that he blows out spells sex at one point yeah yeah yeah, so there's a lot of i think that one was sfx but people said it looks like looks like sex, but I think some yeah. guy, some one of the sound guys was or one of the special effects guys was like SFX. But there was one specifically with the rescuers where they actually like put porn oh, in one yeah. of the shots. Oh uh, damn! And then they had to pull all the <laughs> they had to pull all the DVDs or uh, I'm sorry VHSs. VHS, yeah, yeah, uh, because of that because there was like a three frame like they're driving by and in one of the windows on the tv there's like a topless woman and it's yeah, like it for like, three <laughs> frames yeah it was like a playboy something yeah playboy cover or something yeah like something that. like that yeah super yeah. fun <laughs> well if you google it there's a whole bunch of you know videos and stuff on it but this website is this website is essentially debunking supposedly debunking a lot of it so take from it what you will i guess um it's not totally uncommon for adult animators to slip in all sorts of shit in their shows and animations and stuff, right. you know. Because so. sometimes you want that kind of humor to, like, yeah. get the whole family to go. You know, that's kind of what yeah. Pixar does really nice. And uh, even Disney to an extent. Like, in Hercules, there's that Oedipus complex joke that... Oh, yeah, Hercules. It gets man, me every man. time, man. I'm like, that's <laughs> fucking awesome. But Hercules is a little more adult for... Well, I remember um, it as a kid... That stuff realizing that Hercules was definitely more like risque than any of the other like animated films I had seen. Yeah. For like, sure. There was just something about like the like Meg. The the ladies. it's been yeah. like literally probably seventeen years or something since I've seen that movie, but 
like that like they're almost like they're very like thin dresses that they're like walking around in and they're very like all curvaceous you know like i i just remember that like, yeah just thinking like whoa this is i haven't seen a disney princess that looks like this <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's it's weird because you know disney it like has such a light tone that you kind of look past some of the more horrific things uh like i watched the little mermaid today actually and um (laughs) i can't believe i'm just admitting this out loud to you guys i'm slightly embarrassed um but there's a scene where like sebastian it's like a musical number and sebastian he that's the little crab he goes up to the surface and he sees a uh a chef who's cooking a whole bunch of stuff and earlier he was singing the song under the sea which if you look at the lyrics and what he's talking about he's essentially saying don't go to the surface because they're going to cook you and eat you alive and then he goes up to the surface and he w- walks into this chef who's who's uh serving preparing this seafood dinner and he just sees all these dead fish and then he gets his inside stuffed and it's like kind of dark if you think about it but it's Super tone dark. is it's so light that you just like oh how fun you know it's kind of like that song uh pumped up kicks you know where you guys know that song uh-uh. I don't think uh, so. You guys don't know the song? Like, it's like all the other kids with their pumped oh, up kicks yeah. better run, better run. Oh, Outrun yeah. my gun. It's like really popular song. Uh, very light sounding, but I only listen lyrics... to Ariana Grande song. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's fine. But like the 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 actual like words of the song are kind of dark. Uh, so it's, I mean, that's like Disney for me. You know, right, right, light tone, yeah. very sometimes very dark stuff but it's it's very very light and superficially looks um very innocent and bubbly right. <laughs> totally know? yep that's the thing that's about... total opposite with with this stuff you know like right. it's, sometimes it's really dark stuff with dark stuff but sometimes it's really light stuff with a dark tone and it's kind of interesting yeah i mean there's animation is one of those weird things where it's like you can get away with a whole lot more because it's animated because your suspension of disbelief is so like automatically yeah. so much more than when you watch a movie. To to me, Akira is the perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. Really, of like how you can like look at or Princess Mononoke or whatever that you can look at and be and completely believe what you're watching because your suspension of disbelief is there. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's, sure. it's, it, it's like just a, like you you're putting the disc in and you you already know that it's not real, but it's even more so than like a regular film totally but perfect blue does something different than that because it tries to tap into something like as if you're watching a regular movie perfect blue tries to be real real life which is so different i haven't quite seen an anime like that before um but yeah i dug it and like dive into that later i don't know i mean it's kind of a trip too because like perfect blue perfect blue is one of those movies that could have very easily have been made live action right oh yeah Kira, i mean black I mean, swan it's kind of just black swan and it kind of is ways. or black swan is it kind of yeah or, yeah because yeah. black swan came out right but yeah black, actually, darren aronofsky's or what's his movies are i feel like he was influenced by that anime perfect book I feel like it they are, but I feel me. like he would never say that they are. He seems like a guy that'd be like, anime? I don't watch anime. We I don't watch anime. I and just read the Bible over and over again. Yeah. yeah, that or like, 
very like highbrow anime or something which i guess perfect blue might perfect be blue. highbrow anime. i, 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 I don't know call it that i mean both these movies are kind of highbrow anime they're like one's a cult one's um you know it's like it's like a landmark anime movie akira but you know what's weird about akira is that everybody knows of akira but every time i ask people like hey have you seen akira or whatever they always say no but they've all heard of it and they all know of yeah. the bike, but they've never actually watched the movie. Oh, shit. Okay, That's so... That's me. That was me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm totally wrong. Just real quick, I searched for Darren Aronofsky and Perfect Blue. Literally, the first article that comes up, the headline is, Darren Aronofsky wanted to remake Perfect Blue. <laughs> so apparently, he's a big fan. Yeah. Wow. wow. I know a thing or two. I know a thing or two. <laughs> Yeah, so, no, that's cool. I can see that. Okay, should... so here you go. Here you go. Uh, those plans never came to fruition, though several scenes in Black Swan bear striking resemblance to Perfect right. Blue. So yeah. there you go, Jacob. You You're welcome. Hit the nail Podcast on the head. over. We might as well just end it now. <laughs> I'm the, the smartest person here, obviously. Um, yeah, no, um, there are so many things of about Perfect Blue that even fit into, like, other Aronofsky films other than, you know, um, uh black swan i mean even the wrestler and um bits yeah. of obviously bits of Re- requiem for a dream but because um, it's that like uh psychological horror yeah you know like character yeah. very character focused psychological horror movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's what he's yeah. good at and it's like it's like yeah i don't know so this says that Aronofsky bought the American filming rights to Perfect Blue so that he could film the bathtub scene in A Requiem for a Dream as an homage to the one in Perfect Blue and to a lesser extent also the controversial sex scene. Um, he later made the film Black Swan which undeniably contains various similarities to Perfect Blue. Despite this he claims that uh, Perfect Blue wasn't an influence on making or when making Black Swan. Um, it might not have been it might not have been like at the forefront of his mind but it was like yeah there, subliminal you know? is kind of yeah. like yeah so i mean i mean they're they are kind of similar so they're both psycho thrillers obviously right um with someone who's is deluded about their own reality right um, right so. and they're in like an entertainment style mm-hmm. career mm-hmm. yeah uh, in transition too yep in, yep in yep both of, of them yeah definitely yeah. i really need yeah. to rewatch black swan feel like i just like didn't retain a lot of it when i first the first viewing man i watched that movie so much i think i watched it two or three times in theaters nice yeah I, like that movie all i, I really remember is the the peeling of the skin on her fingernails because oh, yeah. yeah. it just made me be like shake it all off and her legs break oh god oh yeah all that noise dude yeah uh, people freaked out too in the theater when the when she plucked the black feathers coming coming out of her skin. skin yeah they're like yeah. what the fuck like why the fuck is she growing like black feathers <laughs> so, <gross. laughs> so amazing Fucking well weirdo artist. since we're on the the subject of of somewhat copying you know uh have you guys seen chronicle uh-uh the seattle negatory based in seattle i know what it uh, is but it's akira it's 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 literally Akira, but the instead of like having espers, there's like this weird alien thing that comes down, and they all touch it, and they all get superpowers. But one of them, 
uh, goes a little bit too far with the superpower. And it's the, the ending of Akira is essentially the same as Chronicle, but they're flying around in Seattle, and one of them's like really strong and meets his oh, own. Oh, okay. Like huh. it, it's it's very very much like a Seattle film uh, film for Akira. So like never, without the bomb I'll, and stuff. So I'll, so I'll never see it then. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's you can do whatever you want. Reviews because it's a uh, it's just interesting. I have how yeah, similar it is. It's no, like wow. a found footage based film. Yeah, kids who gain superpowers. It's, it's weird because it's not mm. it's not actually found footage. It's like they're only filming if there's a camera there. So like it's it's not like found footage like Blair Witch where they where you like quote unquote find a camera and then hit play and that's the movie. In this, it's like they only filmed within cameras. So like there's a scene where they're fighting up on top of the Space Needle. And the guy, like, uses his telekinesis to pull a bunch of cameras towards him and is using, like, camera smartphones and is throwing smartphones at the other guy. And you, like, see everything from the perspective of a camera. So, oh, like, that's cool. it's not really found footage. It's more, like, everything. Yeah, everything is just from the perspective of an actual camera that is in the world. Wow. Um, so it's a really, like, unique idea that I haven't seen before. But it's, it's like, like Akira with that. which is It's kind of like in, like movies where like this whole soundtrack is all from music that is playing within the world of the characters but yes this is the actual lens of what you're seeing that's kind of cool yeah it's it's wacko i think i think you guys would like it i I should check it out because i remember it made a huge wave when it came out it did i know a lot of people were and the guy who just did who did that movie we just watched a movie on the podcast that direct was directed by that guy right who, uh, yeah, the guy who did Chronicle, Josh yeah, well, Trank. Is that Josh didn't we, Trank? Didn't we Josh just watch Trank. a movie with that he that he directed that that, or maybe it was a writer of Chronicle? No, oh I'm, yeah, the I'm writer Max up. Landis. Max Landis uh, is the writer, and he did. We talked oh, he did about Bright. Bright. Okay, yeah, okay. Because we were talking about Netflix movies. Oh, okay, that's what um, it was. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, and they did Victor Frankenstein, American Ultra. Uh, yeah, that's what it was. Josh him, Trank did. Me, him, oh, he did the. Oh, he's the guy who did the new Fantastic Four who got, who got oh, locked okay. out of the edit bay. T- okay, okay. Wow. <laughs> and, and buried the his relationship with the studio that. Like, he was where did with. this guy come from? Like, his filmography is literally like big fan, which he didn't even direct. Jumped into Chronicle, Fantastic Four, and then now is doing Ooh. this movie called Fonzo. I think Chronicle was a. Uh, <laughs> it's a little bit of a smaller budget movie i mean it's still like pretty big i mean you gotta like be someone million. for a, a group of people to come together and give you 12 million dollars he probably a had a whole bunch of money <laughs> that i mean possibly but like you know 12 million dollars is a small budget but you still have to be someone who's proven themselves to double like, what fucking refin used for neon demon yeah well he worked True. uh he worked on big fan which went to sundance yeah, he worked on it, but like, you know, what was he doing like before? You know, like, I don't know. I know it's crazy when I see some of the people's <laughs> filmographies. It's there like, you go. Trank cited the films Akira, Carrie, and The Fury as influences on Chronicle. Oh, the Fury! <laughs> yeah. Wow, and The Fury well, is Cronenberg. Yeah. So that that one is, I feel like that's pretty obvious. Just like I mean, we talked earlier about how The Fury Looper... is De Palma or De Palma. Fuck, I knew so, that. God damn it! <laughs> God damn talked, it why did I see Cronenberg? Oh do, my god! Do you even God, know who De Palma is? I am embarrassed. Both of them, Holy Carrie and the Fury, or De Palma. 
Um, yeah, but Carrie's, just in, Carrie's great. Just in like Akira's like legacy Wikipedia page, it says The Matrix, Looper, Chronicle, Midnight Special, and Inception, and the TV show Stranger Things are all Looper. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say, I, I mean, we did a Because, like, the telekinesis and stuff. The telekinesis, the general kind of tone and the, the atmosphere oh, is pretty the similar. Kid. And it's, and it's the set, kid. And it's, it's set in a semi-dystopian, you know, it's... Future, like a broken world. Broken world, yeah. I 100% see The Matrix. I mean, The Matrix wears its influences on its sleeves, because I feel like. Oh, for the, sure. Remember the scenes of Bruce Willis in the future and, like... I don't know. It's kind of like a Neo Tokyo world where he's living with yeah. his like. That's like very more Akira. You know what I mean? That part of the movie. Yeah, um, I think it's super interesting because Akira's main influence, most first world building, is certainly Blade Runner. Blade Runner, yeah, certainly. Oh, for Blade sure, Runner. definitely. Um, I mean, the whole like ho- uh, holographic advertisements and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. I mean, that city was pulled directly from it. Yeah, because it's very noirish as well. Yeah. And like the, the you know you're you're in that bar and you know the karaoke yeah. machine or the 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 machines not karaoke machines but the the jukebox jukebox you know and all that stuff is very like kind of noirish and but yeah sure. you know neon saturated I don't know it's cool right. I also think it's Akira is weirdly um, uh, not not trashy not trash aesthetic but like it lingers on these <laughs> shots for like. Like when it shows the disc being moved out of the jukebox and then doesn't really do anything with the disc. Yeah, yeah. Like they paid people to fucking make that shot and then yeah. left it in the film. Yeah. That had nothing to do with anything. You know, it has got kind of got that like low budget aesthetic to it, uncertain like or a uh, God, what the fuck word am I trying to think of? It's like it's like uh I'll think of the word. That's one of the Fucking... reasons why I like Akira so much in, in that it just kind of blew my mind when I first watched it because it didn't seem like an animated movie. Everything looked and felt like it was like shot as a real movie and then they like animated it over it. You know what I mean? In a sense. Yeah, like you know, rotoscoped, like, yeah. Yeah, because it's like why, like how does a, because I know that, you know, obviously when you're doing an animated movie, your storyboards are are insane. But they they were they were there's the way they were shot and the the quote camera felt such like a real camera movement. Does that like does that make any sense? Yeah, because they they're in that movie they gave a lot to uh, like the move uh, to the movement of the camera, like more so right. than animes. That, I mean that's why it has its that's why people call it a landmark. Uh, yeah, I mean, cause movie it, it, for animation because it, it started, you know, bullet time. You know, yeah, that that, that which is now, uh, I mean, almost every action movie, uh, you know, not even non-sci-fi action movies right. use that. You know, um, more they they use it more like how the Wachowskis kind of adapted it. But <clears throat> oh, sure, like like Zach, <laughs> all of Zack Snyder's movies have exactly, that exactly. Time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anime tends to have yeah, like a very just the based off of the techniques and style of animation anime tends to have like this the movements are like if they do something it's very like it's not robotic but it's like they kind of like go out and just kind of like hit yeah you know what i mean like there's there's a movement where it's like they there's a, a point where they really emphasize the movement and then go back or whatever yeah. where akira 
and they say this too, had more of a super fluid motion. Right. Yeah. It actually kind of reminded me of Disney movies with some of the way that their like faces would like because they're in Akira too, their their body movements and their faces moved more than normal animation because usually you cut the corners and you don't animate everything you don't have to, where Akira did everything. So sometimes their face would kind of do like a a Disney sort of like mm-hmm. wavy look yeah, to yeah. it, you know, yeah. like which I I love that because like even though Perfect Blue is made like ten years after Akira, it's uh, it's the quality of the actual animation is so below what Akira was, and I'm sure their budgets aren't even close either. I'm sure Akira's budget was way more, but Perfect Blue's animation it's it's very actually quite rudimentary in a lot of it. Like the scenes with the crowd, some of those scenes, the crowd, they don't, none of the people in the crowd even have faces. They're just like, yeah, you know, like like yeah, they didn't take saying. the time to to fill anything out, and um, things are more plain, and there's not as much movement within the frame. But the camera movement is good. There's been right. a lot of those action sequences where the the camera is like moving around and stuff. Where I was like, oh wow, they they really Satoshi Khan like did a good job at visualizing the the way he wanted us to watch it but what's actually happening in the frame isn't as detailed as like like a disney movie or even some anime tv shows yeah in his case it was less about the animation itself and more about the the story yeah where akira knew what they were doing with the story but they knew they had to pump it up right more right so because it's kind of more spectacle then like yeah. perfect blue isn't really spectacle it's about like this really specific story you know about this yeah. what's happening to this woman but akira is like m- about more than just the biker gang right right yeah, you know it's right. about what's happening to the town yeah. and the bi- and the biker gang has an influence on that but it's like it, it, they're they're looking at this grander scale yeah yeah akira just yeah. keeps unfolding and unfolding and unfolding they try yeah. to get bigger every yeah. every yeah. every set giant set piece is bigger. Right. Um. So according to IMDb, respectively, between Akira and Perfect Blue, it's uh, a le- or one point one billion yen for Akira and three million for Perfect Blue. So, oh yeah, wow, that's, that's quite so, a bit. That is a big difference. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty big difference even in Japanese yen terms. Um. You know, and I don't know. Just Akira, it like I said, it's more about what's such a giant movie. I mean, that's the thing about making Akira as a live action film. Like, it'd be so expensive. Yeah, so expensive but to make. They've that been film. trying Dude, for honestly twenty years. Yeah, with the don't. right director, it could be so fucking. Well, right now, they have so. the Takiki Wat Watiti guy who did Thor well, Ragnarok and What We Do in the Shadows. He might, he might be a good fit. Uh he's so good at comedy though i i hope that he they don't add a whole bunch of comedy in it yeah because it'd be great if it was like a hard r you know like a hard r fucking crazy fucking you know at the end when he's like all the flesh tones and he's like fucking bubbly and and getting all big and and just it's just like gross and like green like like a light green and yellow liquid is coming out of them and like there's like fingers and shit like if they kept all that shit in instead of like 
cheapening it and making dude, it dude you like, know that they right. will dumb it down they, you know but, they, hope, but they can't no oh my <laughs> god don't don't depress that, me <laughs> that's kind of what they did with the watchman or watchman it was just watchman like at the end of the uh at the end of the books there's like a giant uh squid that goes above new york and explodes and destroys the city right but in the movie they have the soup the way overpowered Dr. Manhattan guy come in and destroy New York. Right. Right. Which, I mean, I'm not a hardcore Watchmen fan or anything like that. Uh, at least for the books, I, I like the movie. I, I like the movie ending way more because it, like, makes more sense to me. Like, I don't know if, like, putting a giant squid above <laughs> New York would really, like, line well, up Well, it with- wasn't, I mean... Just to, I guess, be a little nitpicky here. It wasn't a giant squid. It was more like a Lovecraftian monster blob. Oh. Like a, it's, like a, it's like a multi-dimensional blob that they bring in. That's what he's doing is he's creating like a, a rip in the dimensions. Oh, brings I in see. this weird-ass fucking blob thing that was like as big as New York and just fucking like <laughs> completely like oh, physically destroys and kills everyone. See, um, that's even weirder for me. You know, for totally. <laughs> I mean, I kind of liked the way the, that movie ended with Manhattan being the problem because it added an extra level of conundrum to the whole thing. Right. Yeah, because it actually the way the the graphic novel ends is actually in a way quote more Hollywood yeah. seeming. You know what I oh, mean? Sure, it's more it's like, like B movie. Yeah, it, but it's yeah. also like kind of like the ending of Batman versus Superman. You know yeah. what I mean? Where it's sure. like, let's throw in a, another monster, you know? Yeah. yeah. But also, I mean, when you there. read the Watchmen comics versus the movie, it, I mean, it makes a little more sense when you read it. Right. Just because of I the way so. it is. And there's so much added, extra added shit that they couldn't put in the movies just for time's sake, yeah. you know? Because it's fucking 12 issues or whatever. And the movie's I mean, already, like, pretty long. The movie's yeah. great. So I, I really enjoyed the movie, but I do uh, obviously like the graphic novels more. You know, have you guys more, read, this, read the graphic I, novels? I have, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh shit! So I'm the odd man out, <laughs> <laughs> dude. I, I I really enjoyed the Watchmen the first time I I read them. Um, really solid. So I was stoked that Watchmen was coming out as R, and it was cool because it was kind of right when I had just turned seventeen. And you could go see, yeah. you know, R. So it was like, sure. Oh, right on. Let's let's go. You know, the group of friends went and saw it. You know, it was like, oh, cool. I mean, people shit all over Zack Snyder for, I mean, reasons well, yeah. that are totally valid, but right. <laughs> but I think, I don't know. I, well, I, I, I like Watchmen, Watchmen and 300 are his two best movies, I think. Oh, 100%. Um, and then... I think his best movies are ones where the storyboards are already done for him. Because, like, Watchmen, for the most part, like, 80 to 90% of it is just, like, yeah. pulled from the book, right. pulled from and the comic. Frank Miller is such a fucking genius with 300, too, that mm-hmm. yeah. he just had to look at those sh- shots and be like, fuck, let's make yeah. it move a little bit <laughs> with the slow yeah. motion, and that's pretty much it. But I, I'm a little shaky on this Akira thing. And I think of of the two anime films that we watched, I think it is definitely more of a contender to have, like, a straight remake. But I, I'm way more interested in, like, how people use this movie to influence their more original works. Right. You know? Right. And same with mm-hmm. Perfect Blue. Like, I don't know if I really need, like, an Akira remake. Like, I, I mean, I felt the same way with Ghost in, in the Shell. But I was excited for it. But um, 
I don't know. I like. I think it's definitely influential, and it's it's a cult classic. And it, if I feel like anything to come out of it is just trying to capitalize on on that, and that's no good to me. <laughs> I mean, I generally fall into the camp of like, don't remake an animated movie into a live action movie because it just it generally doesn't translate well, especially with the casting, because like. I mean, if you look up Akira live action, some of the initial ideas for this was like fucking Leonardo DiCaprio as Canadian. Right. And, you know, Gordon Levitt as like fucking uh, Tetsuo. It's, you know, like, he can't. It doesn't oh make any God. sense. Like, it doesn't. And so. It'd have to be like a different. Like, it'd have to be like a looser thing. You, totally. you know? I th- like, I th- it cannot be an adaptation of Akira. It would have to be like a different. You can't have like those people playing Asians. Exactly. And, uh, and honestly, like, that's the thing is, I. Man, if there was if there was a animated movie I'd like to make myself, it would be Akira. Like, like what I have in mind for what I could envision it to be would be so fucking cool. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, and it would be like with Japanese actors. Like, I think that's the only way because what's great about any animated movie is you've never seen those characters before. You know, it's not like when you watch George Clooney in 50 different movies, because you're still seeing George Clooney and your your mind still knows that it's George Clooney. But when you watch an animated movie, every character is going to be different unless you're watching a sequel or a prequel. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so there's, you're coming into that movie. You don't have to know or like the same actor or anything. So like casting unknowns or people that are of a different you know, um, they could be big names in Japan, but not here, right. and it would still work. I, you know, but oh sure, I, I, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's hard thing. too because like a lot of anime characters, even though they're Japanese, tend to have a more Western look to them. Right. right. So yeah. like to me, it's always weird to translate that because like. Because of the Western look, you kind of want to cast Western actors, but then you don't because you want to make sure that it stays within the roots right, of where right. it was. But that, I mean, they automatically look so different. Like, you're not going to find anyone that looks like Kaneda. Yeah. Obviously. Right, right. You know, Unless like, they do a weird hybrid, right, where it's like it's like animation, but it's kind of like um, like a way, way better version of like Beowulf. Like, well, like like Alita. I was just going to say the battle. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. Rodriguez exactly. The yeah, new coming out. that which I'm really excited for. That's going to be that should be really cool. Hopefully, um, but something like that could be really cool with Akira. In fact, there's um, people that have done VFX uh, like two minute reels of like a teaser or trailer of Akira or Akira, um, uh, where they they film people on the bike and they've made the bike. Yeah, uh, and then they they put it in you know, 4D, whatever, and they make the big the the city and everything. They make the eyes cinema look, 4D. Yeah, you know, like the they, they, visual effects software. Right, and it, yeah. and it looks phenomenal. But because of the budget and stuff, you you're only getting a minute, twenty, two minute little teasers um, that look great uh, because they're actually not really humans. They're Right, you know, like there, it's a combination of computer animation with real actors. <laughs> right, so like kind of like Avatar, kind of like um, right, the Ready Player One. Right. You know, is like that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The there's like an animated one that's kind of like that. Because I think I think going 
that route might be more safe because you still have to have that suspension of disbelief. Um, and yeah. I think technology is getting closer to where we could pull off an Akira film, whereas you couldn't have done that 10 years ago even, I don't think. Well, I guess, fuck, Avatar. Ah, no. You couldn't have yeah. done it with Avatar. <laughs> Avatar you know came out 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, right? Isn't that nuts? And they pretty um, much... I mean, they kind of did that, <clears throat> you know, with the, with the motion capture. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Shit, and they, I mean, I guess they do that with... If you guys play Last of Us or Uncharted, like those Naughty Dog video games, mm-hmm. they, like, do that kind of stuff. But those are, like, way more, like, like films than... Like they're they're trying to be live action films versus right. being animated uh, movies. But, I mean, uh, and the thing is too is like I would never I'm, I I don't I never would want to remake anything. But if I had to remake like an animated film, off the top of my head, I I always go to Akira. I'd rather do my own like story and everything. Maybe, oh like, yeah, maybe like loosely based on some right. of the themes or something from Akira and, and not remake it. Cause it is such a good kind of classic landmark of a film. Like why touch it really? You know? Yeah. Like why bother? But like yeah. f- for me, I feel the same way about Pokemon. Like I would totally do the like Pokemon movie with like, a- like animation, uh, but have it like a little more realistic. Right. You right. know? Cause I fucking love Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, and I dream Pokemon. <laughs> Um, so yeah, but, and plus there hasn't really been like a good Pokemon movie and I'm sure people will, you know, come to my house and stab me for saying that, but like many, those animated movies aren't like very good. How many They're Pokemon movies shitty. are there? Quite a few. There's really? a lot. A There's probably remember, like eight remember, or nine. I remember probably. the first one that came out. I remember as a little kid going to the theater for that, but yeah, which was awesome. But that's um, the only one I've ever seen. I mean, but they it's make not a very good movie. <laughs> They make like one or two movies per generation of Holy, Pokemon. How many generations yeah. are there now? A lot now. I think like six or seven. So yeah. how many Pokemon are there? Like two hundred? Oh no, dude! There's uh, like dude, a no two hundred. They passed that in second gen. So yeah, it's I think like, it's like, it's like six like, or seven hundred. Probably like a thousand, I would imagine. I don't think it's a thousand yet. Here, let me check. With All right, so there are from the original <gasps> series. Okay, here we go. Fuck. Here we go. We are way off on the amount of movies. Oh, eight hundred two um, Pokemon. That's how many. Eight hundred two. So there yeah. you go. Uh, in terms of apparently, in terms of <laughs> animated animated movies, there are twenty one. Whoa, that's um, way more than I thought. Live action. Oh, what the? There's one. And then obviously a bunch of TV specials. Uh, what's insane. what's the live action uh, Pokemon? De- Detective Pikachu. Oh, that's coming out. Oh, it's that's coming, coming out. out. Oh, okay. Dude, yeah, that's not I right, yeah. am so behind on that. <laughs> Holy shit! I had no idea. Yeah, yeah I mean it's I mean, still like going pretty they're at hard. Generation Is it pretty seven. popular with like little kids and stuff? Oh yeah, dude, it's popular with everyone. A- everyone in my house plays. Do you all think? The games. What do you think keeps the <laughs> Nintendo systems a lot? You know those like the yeah, the, the handhelds. The handheld. Is it really alive. Pokemon that still does that? Pretty much, I would, I would say yeah. Pretty probably much. Pokemon and obviously Mario. What about like Zelda and stuff? Oh, and Zelda, yeah. Yeah, for like the Switch, it, it's different. But like I'm talking for like the Game Boys yeah. and stuff, anything that's like uh, that, like Pokemon is what is keeping uh, that shit alive. Just hey, man. So a little sidebar since we're talking about it on the Switch, they were talking about bringing the a Pokemon, of course, they are. like the next Pokemon game to the Switch. So yeah, like, totally not putting it on the mobile platforms anymore and just doing it doing it on the switch from here i mean the switch is a i don't even know what the switch is 
It's basically oh, a, it's like a console that you can t- pick up. So you can console, you can play it on the yeah. console and you can just pick it up and go and you can keep playing your game on. You the play game. like all the the newest Zeldas or the newest Shit. Zelda. Yeah. So it's a console. You can literally plug it into your TV, pop it off the little thing, plug in the little side controllers into the side or play whatever like are the graphics cool and shit yeah they're all like yeah they're like graphics. 1080p yeah. or whatever yeah, yeah. plays Whoa. i think it plays blue so but it, it has a li- it's like a little tablet <laughs> it's like a little Essentially, tablet thing. yeah it's more like a tablet man yeah. i am so far behind when it comes to like games and consoles and that sort of thing it's all about film for me so it's kind of cool oh for I should, sure i should i should take a deep dive one of these weekends well just, if you want the you know, the uncharted games are basically just cinema video games they're they're like this weird like combination of the two and how they integrate the gameplay with the like i I would call them scenes because they're more like scenes than levels uh and there's there's character stuff in there too and it's just kind of interesting yeah i think if if you want that bridge that's the way to do it or the new god of war is entirely in one take there's no loading screens. Everything really? is done in one take. Yeah. What the fuck? From the start menu. That's well, the second cool. you load up and go to the start menu and press play, it's it, that it, the start menu is part of the long take. Yeah. It yeah. just literally goes into one long take. Wow. Yeah, that's um, it's kind that's, of crazy. Yeah. So, but yeah, they're on like Generation 7 of Pokemon. Um, they're pretty deep into that. Damn. Um, right. But like, that would be something that I would love to do. Yeah. I mean,. You could kind of see Pokemon sort of working better than other things because you would have to CGI the fucking Pokemon anyway. Well, I think it would be like, like an all like, like more like Avatar. Like I don't think you can get away with doing like a full live action Pokemon because Pokemon doesn't really make any sense in live who, action. Who would be Ash? I don't think there would be like an Ash. You know what I mean? Like I think it, you'd have to do like your own thing. It'd be like Ash doesn't even like exist Ash, anymore. Ash kind of sucks. Like Ash, Ash doesn't do anything. See, I don't even know. He's yeah. like, what about, what about Misty? All these characters are like, Misty's like, hot. That's they're what she's dead. There for. <laughs> they're all dead, bro. Sorry. Did they die? They're all dead. I don't know yeah, if they die. But each new generation in, uh, brings in new people. They were in Tokyo at the very beginning of Akira. <laughs> <laughs> right on. That just made yeah, wow, made it all better. Yeah, yeah I made it made a loop around. So speaking of that opening scene. There, there's no sound on that intro sh- boom. Oh, yeah. In, in Akira. Akira. Yeah, yeah. Which is really interesting because I feel like, like my gut says you got to have that sound in there, but they took it out. And the person I was watching with, my, my roommate, uh, she was like, she wasn't even paying attention to the beginning. So she had no idea that there was, she was like on her phone. And so <laughs> she had no idea there was a, like a bomb at the beginning. Well, uh, it's, it's kind fascinating. Of, it's kind of cool because there's, you know, all that footage of, like, nuclear bombs, right? Yeah. But there's no yeah. sound to it ever yeah. because it's all just film without – they didn't have – like – Even the te- if there was sound, it's so loud you couldn't hear it anyways. Yeah. It, it would, would just, just peak like, and it'd be gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely think it's cooler without the sound, honestly. Yeah. Not very necessary. I mean, like, a bomb sound is a bomb sound. It sounds the same every time, you know? Yeah. It's just kind of an interesting way to to open an animated thing because a lot of times when you're doing animation, you're very, like, deliberate about the sound. And the sound design is kind of way more important with an animated movie. Oh, totally. Uh, So to, like, exclude it was an interesting choice. 
yeah, I, I, I like the use of, of, of a lot of silence, too, in Akira. You know, like, yeah. there's just, like, not a lot, a lot of, of silence. There's, like, the percussive percu- or percussion in some of those voices and stuff, music-wise. But a lot of it's, like, just silence, which kind of, like, adds to, like, the hyper-real part of the film, too, you know? Because it's, like, it, which it, it ties in well with, like, that bullet time that we were talking earlier and, like, also ties in with like the telekinesis um parts of the film and like dream you know it's like a dream uh you know when we dream we don't dream of like there's no music scored to our dream i mean there could be music within your dream but it there's no like you know what i mean yeah like, like no, so, so it's, kind, with you. it's kind of i i really like that um when films do that but again in most animation movies that I'm familiar with growing up, they didn't do that. Like there was mainly like music throughout the whole movie. Oh yeah. You know, (laughs) like, so I, they used sound really cleverly in this. uh, Is that even a word? Cleverly? I guess. (laughs) I'll I'll Google it. (laughs) Um, In this movie. um, They they use actual music. It is a word. (laughs) Okay, sweet. They, they, <laughs> they but they they use the same score throughout the film, but it never gets like repetitive. Mm, you know, it doesn't right. feel repetitive, which is kind of cool. Sure. So I'm kind of looking at uh, what is his name, Katsuhiro Otomo. Looking at his filmography, he really hasn't done a whole lot. No, yeah. And most of the other stuff he's done has not had the same acclaim as Akira. So it's kind of interesting. He's almost almost a one hit wonder guy. Which is yeah, again that's interesting. Yeah, super interesting, and I, I think, I mean, Akira too is based on a series of uh, manga. I think yeah. Um, so maybe it's the manga or manga that's like really where it's interesting. You know, I haven't seen the the guy's other films. I don't think. Um, so maybe his other stuff is just flat, you know, <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. not as rich in different stuff that's going on. Because I mean, Akira is dense; it really is. There's so it much is. going on. Um, it seems that every time I watch it, I pick something more out, you know, from it. I, I actually, I'll save that comment for for the end. But I, I think it's interesting. Like on the Wikipedia page, it says. It garnered a large cult following since its theatrical release and is widely considered to be a landmark in Japanese animation. Yeah. If it was like popular in theaters, can it still be a like a cult film? I don't After? think it was popular in theaters. I think it didn't make... Oh, I'm misreading this. Okay, no, that makes sense. Yeah, it didn't make as much back as it could have, but afterwards it was just it was one of those ones i think when people got it home and they started to really analyze it they were like holy shit this is like something special right you know and they hit that sweet spot where like the vhs tapes are probably you know the coolest yeah you know yeah and like oh my god that early 90s yeah so kind of the it hit that spot um right right before uh you could yeah you could because it was probably like like oh what is this when you saw it at safeway Mm -hmm. on the in the front of the store like what is this animated thing that's you know from a different country because like what other movies could you get like like it's so different from what it is now you know yeah yeah the poster is very like 
evocative. Yeah. yeah. It also doesn't say much about them. I mean, the poster itself, because when I watched this movie, which is this was the first viewing, like, I I didn't know much about it. Same. So I didn't know how, like, esoteric it was going to get. Cool. Sure. I thought it was going to be some more focused on the motorcycle, because, like, that's... The, the, the fucking poster is him yeah. walking his motorcycle. I thought, like, I thought it was like Speed Racer-esque. Yeah, me too. I thought it was going to be yeah. way more about the biker gangs and not turn into like fucking super-powered psychopath guy. Right. Um, <laughs> and that's kind of what the, the poster leans to. So it was kind of a trip to, to watch it and be like, wow, this is getting way crazier and way crazier. And then they kind of pull the motorcycle in right at the end, but it was sort of kind of like... I, I felt like that was more like a the director being like, shit, we haven't had the motorcycle in here. Okay, so he's going to ride it into the stadium and ride it while shooting a laser, but yeah. it's going to get destroyed. So Yeah, it's funny. I, I actually kind of felt a similar way when I first saw it. Um, I remember recognizing the bike and being like, oh my God, I've seen that mm-hmm. in like, you know, pop culture or whatever. And then like, oh, this is really cool. This should be really cool. It's about like rival gangs and stuff. But then like you said, it becomes this whole other story but i went along well with it like i went along with it because i was like oh my god this is crazy and by the end of the movie when the bike showed back up i'm like oh god that's right Mm -hmm. i came into the movie expecting more of that where i i you know like i got so caught up into it that i actually had forgotten that i initially thought that that was the whole movie yeah totally (laughs) um but it, but I and I do kind of wish that there was more bike stuff. I just love the beginning part where it's setting up the city and um and you know the just the idea of these rival biker gangs That's so in this awesome. like <laughs> you know dystopian futuristic thing. It's it's so cool, yeah. and it, especially with like the awesome. the like civil war aspect of it. Right, right. You know, like yeah. that's kind of an an element that is kind of neat with that dystopian. I mean, even the way the characters interact and the way they talk and they have these little sayings to one another. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, it feels more like a regular movie. It's not, it doesn't feel as, um, uh, it doesn't feel like animated talk. I don't know how to describe it. I, don't, I couldn't give you a real good reason or a good example of why I feel that way. I just feel like the some of the, like the, the general at some point says something like, um the this world is ruled by hedonistic fools or whatever and it it's mm-hmm. so kind of unnatural that it feels natural it, it it's just so unlike anything i've ever read in an anime before the way they talk to each other i don't know yeah i don't know oh weird i also wonder how much of this movie was an influence on like the bad batch oh yeah, um, yeah. and then i also was oh, curious about its influence well when did the original Mad Max come out? It was early 80s, right? I think the first one may, may, might have been uh, late 70s. It's, yeah, 79. So, in a way, potentially Mad Max had some influence on Akira. And I was searching for that, yeah, and apparently yeah. George Miller was actually approached to do the live-action Akira movie. Oh, wow. At yeah. one point, and yeah, turn it makes sense. sense. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting, you know, a lot of these, and then the Bad Batch, obviously, you know, a lot of their travel through the desert is on like these scooters and motorcycles yeah. and stuff. So, mm-hmm. well, I mean, even like, to be honest, like there's bits of Akira that also remind me of, um, Alien and, uh, oh, sure. I mean, which obviously if Blade Runner was an influence in Alien, it, it, 
has to be an influence too in a sense you know ridley scott and yeah um it's not as geiger-esque <laughs> as alien because i mean geiger is alien in a sense but um there aren't like anything in akira that like oh my god they took that from alien but right there's just that sense of like everything's dirty everything's grimy everything's used and old but yet it's maybe used in a new way it everything's not all shiny and pristine white you know (laughs) so Um, i have an idea that you guys will probably hate (laughs) but what if they had spielberg do akira no no, dude. <laughs> no, because he was exactly already work. slated to do it. He was slated point. at one. Was point. he already slated? I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. No, dude. Oh, it would be I feel like it could work. He shouldn't even have done Ready Player One. He he like he used how, the fucking Akira. Bike why would you get an yeah, old guy who's he not did. even in touch bike. with like that culture to do a movie on that culture? That doesn't I, you know he, how he couldn't? That doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Like you'd have to get like a guy, a young, not a guy, but a younger I, individual. I mean, if, like if they changed it so it's like no. all in America, no, you know, no, in, no, that's in, the worst. Jewish, no, it can't. No. Jewish America. Okay, no, now you're no, just being cheeky. No, no. <laughs> I'm being no, a little it, cheeky here, but it, I think something like that. I think it, dude. I no. think it could work. No, it'd be better. What does for, Spielberg it, know about video games? It'd be better if Ryan Johnson did it. But even then, I wouldn't want Ryan Johnson to do it. I don't think you know, Ryan you know, Johnson who, you would know, do who, it. You know, actually, I don't think he would. The do guys it. who did Westworld could do it. Jonathan think, Nolan. Yeah, I think he could do a better job than any of those guys. You think Chris Nolan would get him? On no, that? no, not Christopher Nolan. <laughs> dude, <laughs> you think if Jonathan Nolan no. wrote it, that Christopher Nolan wouldn't direct it? Come on, dude. No, but jo- jo- but Jonathan Nolan's—he's a, a director too. He directed some really awesome episodes in Westworld. Yeah. Um, yeah, and man. he's the showrunner. So he's the showrunner. That's, yeah, that's yeah, essentially yeah. directing. Yeah, but you for know TV. that his brother's gonna get in on that shit. Like, <sighs> well, but he, but Christopher Nolan, he doesn't have anything to do with Westworld. That's true. Yeah, but he they, doesn't. They do might TV. throw his name on there. Yeah, I know. But he Westworld does films. So fucking awesome. I just do films. <laughs> but like, <laughs> they're, they're, I don't know. You know who? You know who actually could have done a probably a pretty cool. George Lucas. <laughs> no, uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky. <laughs> Dude, he was the one. He uh, Dude. his name just came up when I was reading. Fucking, he was gonna do Akira. Dune. He was gonna do the original. Dune. He was gonna do Dune, but he oh, came up when you were looking Stephen at Lynch. Akira too. Oh, really? Yeah, his name oh, came fuck. up. That's awesome. There was man. something. I'll try and find Alejandro it. Alejandro or Alejandro Jodorowsky is so fucking awesome. But yeah, I'm trying to like. I mean, I don't know, dude. Spielberg should not be touching. F- I mean, realistically, like what? It, like what does he I knew know? This about- I should have said nothing. What does he know about like Ready <laughs> Player One? Like that. I don't know. I think he knows nostalgia and can surround himself with people who know shit that more than him. But like I don't know. Like why would you it tap an old be. guy it to do a be, movie man. about fucking? They. <laughs> I'm gonna change this. They approached Jordan Peele to do it. Yep. That too. That was another one. And Marco Ramirez, who did Marvel's Daredevil, no, on no. Uh, I feel like that could work. Daredevil is all right, but I no, it needs to be by a, more of an auteur. I think. Oh, here's what it is: Otomo, the director, has stated that the inspiration for his conclusion arose from a con- conversation that he had with Yodorowsky. Oh, dude, man. Yodorowsky See, gets thing, around, all man. All the people that fucking know cool shit and like have made like really fucking cool pieces of art, like know Jodorowsky and like he Kenneth gets around, Anger dude. And, like all those like fucking 
and Kareen is like the modern day kind of equivalent of Jodorowsky in the sense of like like if you really are like if you if you know culture they have very very significant parts of our modern day culture but really no one like knows of them mm-hmm. you know they think of Kanye they think of you know uh, Virgil Abloh or whatever but they don't they don't know some of these other guys that are just like the shit you know <laughs> but yeah man that would be sick alright let's shift gears and do a no quick round table for the sake of time um, who, who should we who should we guess for first let's do let's space? do Keith because we did you last last time cool. yeah because yeah. last time was tough last time was a hard one this last is actually tough. tough too is it tough it shouldn't be tough shouldn't be tough should be easy <laughs> i always oh now it's tough <laughs> you say that and it, it always tough. makes me exactly double thing. okay exactly okay <laughs> the thing is with keith is or do you want me to go first uh you know <laughs> okay okay you go first no you got it no go ahead no no you got it <laughs> okay the thing okay with- i'll go <laughs> God no, damn it. I should have I should have known. Seriously, no. you go. Okay, you so can, the thing with Keith it. is like I know you like thrillers, but I don't know how much you like like kind of like kind of like psychosexual thrillers and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't <laughs> But do you do like sci-fi? Do you do like dystopian <laughs> shit? And cyberpunk? And cyberpunk. So I'm just gonna go, yeah, like I think I think you like fuck. Akira better. Yeah, I'm going I'm going Akira. I think it's kind of it as a landmark film is important to you um it's more expensive as a movie um and i i think i think byron's right i think you like the thriller stuff but um i think it's hard to ignore like something as significant as akira and uh its impact on filmmaking so i'm going with akira oh you guys are both wrong uh, Perfect Blue oh, edges man. it out a little bit. I actually I don't really care about the influential nature of Akira. I don't know. Awesome. There's something about That's it surprising. that I don't really care. I know it is. I kind of don't. I don't know. Like I get it, kind of, but I also don't care. You're just like fuck know. it. Oh, um, that's funny. I would have probably rated Akira higher if it was less. I, I wanted more motorcycle, less uh, sidekick. Less Canada. I mean, if you want to play a drinking game with anime and just drink every time they say someone's name, you get like oh, ten minutes into the film God. plastered. Yeah. You would just die um, in Dragon Ball Z. Those are only fifteen minute episodes, dude. Oh yeah. So I mean it's just that's just anime. But I don't know. There's something about it that I just don't care. It's good. It's a good movie. It was it was a yeah. great watch, but it was just I wanted more. I wanted more cyberpunk yeah. fucking on the street motorcycle. Yeah. And those street you know, shots stuff. are beautiful too. Yeah, they're know? great. Like... Um, Perfect Blue was like super cool though. It was just so confusing the whole time you're watching it. And then it's just like the way it all ending was a little meh with her little cheesy like, I'm real. Yeah, the very, yeah. very seems kind of like yeah. whatever. But like I liked the way that they edited it and kind of that like when it starts to be like, you know, take take two and it cuts to her in bed and you're kind of like what the fuck yeah, is this? yeah. Like, and it just keeps like yeah. going and you're like oh shit how many yeah. levels are we now fuck. and then yeah. the reveal <laughs> of like you know it was actually her like manager who is the right know, the fucking... uh, the only other character who, who had small eyes in the 
Yeah. In the I mean, the two characters that had the eyes that were drawn super far apart were the two who were actually like the like yeah, the, yeah, the bad yeah. guys. Dude, um, there's something going on with the eyes in that movie because there was like totally. stabbing of the eyes. All the pretty people had the biggest eyes, and all the regular people had smaller eyes. There was some mm-hmm. there's some kind of eye theme going on. Yeah. With it. Totally. That's, yeah, man. Eyes, man, are the shit. I love eyes. I mean, it was pretty close. It was like three and a half for a <laughs> eyes, eyes make themselves in my mo- every movie I've ever, I think I've ever done. They're powerful, like yeah, powerful yeah. symbols. Um, but I think Akira was like three and a half. Perfect Blue was like four. So they're pretty close. But like, wow, yeah. I don't know. I, I if I were to rewatch either one, it might change. Yeah. If you like Perfect Blue, uh, Satoshi Kon did another movie uh, called Millennium Actress. Mm-hmm. And it's, I saw that. Oh, you've seen it? No, I didn't see oh, it, but okay, I, yeah. I was looking at his like, but you, filmography. You'd probably like it because it's kind of similar in the sense that it's about an actress. Um, uh, it's not maybe as like as crazy as uh, Perfect Blue, but it's still I, I really enjoyed it, and I've been meaning to watch nice. it again. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. So that's a good recommendation for anybody that saw perfect blue really liked it and wants something similar in the vein and it's by the same guy so yeah cool yeah so just edged out just a little bit cool. i like psycho thrillers i like psycho thrillers a lot i wish i was better at writing them honestly you gotta check out um, basic instinct i'm telling you man you gotta see basic, do instinct. I? basic instinct it's not an anime but it's, isn't that yeah. fucking like michael douglas or yeah something? sharon stone man oh that's oh, the one yeah. where we failed the trivia right, like right 10 right. episodes back <laughs> and i'm sure yeah. every single listener was just screaming at their podcast because <laughs> keith and i haven't seen basic instinct neo-noir erotic thriller yeah, dude, by bear so fucking awesome man mm. see the yeah. unrated version though yeah, of course. Yeah, so, uh, Jacob? Sure. What, Jacob, next? Let's do it. This is actually tough, too. I haven't really been thinking about which one you would like more. I would, I guess, Akira for the same reasons as you stated for me. Uh, like the, the historical significance, the influential significance. Uh, we spent a lot more time talking about Akira than we did with Perfect Blue. So I kind of get the feeling that your mind is more... And you might have watched it today or before or, you know, in my second, so I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, some of the some of the crazy shit that happens is right up your alley. Especially if you were into Chronicle, then, you know, obviously, like you said, Akira was influential in Chronicle. Oh, sure. This is tough. Because I have a feeling you might, like, throw a... Throw a Keith. I've been known to throw a Keith. Is that the term we're using? <laughs> I guess that's new I mean, back-to-back I guess, terminology. Do, I guess it's better than do a Keith. Yeah. <laughs> um, or is it? <laughs> well, I guess it's true. I get. I get. Um, we'll never know. I don't we know. Might. I might know in the future. There's parts of these that I feel kind of evened out for me to pick on which ones you'd like because Perfect Blue centers on like a a young actress who kind of finds herself in a way and i know you like that sort of thing so i do think the story of perfect blue is more yeah i think you might gravitate towards like that aspect of perfect blue but i think maybe just in general i think maybe akira surprised you more maybe uh yeah I, i guess i'll go with akira Wow, you guys are both wrong. Damn. Holy shit. Dude, it is see, perfect blue. Man, that's why I was like looking at you. <laughs> what is happening? God. That's so funny. Well, Damn. you guys are pretty much both spot on in why I, I like Akira. Um, I just I just 
like Perfect Blue more. Uh, but yeah, I did like Chronicle and I actually, I kind of like Chronicle more because it's a little more, it's a little bit smaller. Yeah. Uh, put, put your mouth, a gaped mouth away. <laughs> Close your gaped mouth. Um, I dislocated but, my jaw. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I like, I Akira, like I, I respect its place in film and its influence and it's i can see i can understand why it's influential um but i honestly it was one of those movies where at the end i had to like go to wikipedia and like read the plot really yeah i just for some reason i'm not sure if it was the mood i was in but uh, there was for some reason i it was a little bit hard for me to follow Hmm. um and call me dumb but but i think it has to do with the <laughs> I think has to do the <laughs> I think has to do with the spectacle of it, like the like I, because for me the spectacle wasn't a really a big deal. Like the the animation, like I've seen a lot of animated things that are really well done and stuff. And this one was like, yeah, there's a lot like happening in the screen, and that's really cool. But I've seen all that before, so yeah. it wasn't the like the spectacle for me was missing from Akira, and I think people who watch it at that time or watch it later are like wowed by the spectacle and i just really wasn't yeah um because i've seen dragon ball z and that shit's like freaking nutso calrissian you know um (laughs) could definitely do without the spectacle side of things you know what i mean yeah i mean i think you need this spectacle because it's definitely like a spectacle movie you know it's like about that um in the same way that like avatar is about the spectacle you know so without it it's like what is this you know um but, but I like Perfect Blue more. Uh, you know, I tend to like smaller movies, I think. But, uh, you know, just that character stuff is a huge fan of. You know, That's what I was thinking. The story was so much more character-based that I had a feeling that it was going to be. But I'm glad, yeah. I, I'm glad that I brought up Perfect Blue to have everyone watch that. Yeah. You know? Like, I'm glad that that you guys like liked it as much as you guys have. Like, that's pretty oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Because I, I think, uh, to be honest, I, I, I well, like, obviously, I thought that both of you guys would like Akira more. Um, so that's oh, pretty. Here. That's pretty cool. That uh, is pretty cool. I would never really thought. I mean, I had I had like my feelings that you guys would like it, but not as much as you did. That's pretty not cool. publicly. You know, yeah, it could be a secret yeah. thing. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I yeah. mean, if you look at like Letterboxd lists and stuff, Perfect Blue is always on there. Right, like, Perfect Blue is a yeah, pretty. Pretty common, like quote, essential anime, you know. Yeah, I was I was really interested in seeing that Paprika movie by the same mm-hmm. Paprika's filmmaker. Good. Yeah, Paprika's that's kind of it, like yeah. been on my list for a while, and I haven't watched it because you know we did this podcast, we watched a lot of movies. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, Pap- Paprika's really good in the soundtrack. I, I have the soundtrack; it's crazy. Oh yeah, no shit. crazy electronic awesome. soundtrack. Yeah. yeah, I gotta check that one out. All right, let's uh, okay, B. Let's do it for Byron here. I'm going to Kira. Just because <laughs> of the scene where there's they're all walking in a line when they get back to the high school and the kid vomits blood. I think, I think that's the only reason you like it. <laughs> Not the huge crazy blob thing that Bleah. like starts to consume everyone. Um I fuck I wanna say Akira too, but like We've literally, like, if I say that, that means we've all voted Akira for everyone huh. across the board. Oh, interesting. Um, Maybe I should switch. These are, like, I don't know, man. My two favorite. I'm going to say Akira as well. 
Oh god. <laughs> um, if we're all wrong and we all go fucking, we have to do five movie, shots. I think. Um, I, I'm gonna go with the Kira. I think it's you've talked about it a lot. Uh, you mentioned how it, you, you, there's always something about Akira that you notice or think about, as especially when it comes to anime. I feel like that was like the first thing to pop up when we even started mentioning anime, like early on in the show. Yeah. Akira was like one of the first things to come up. So I think it's just it's one of those ones that like you watched it early on and kind of holds like a yeah. special place in special your, place in your non-existent heart yeah yeah that's 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 both of these movies are like that for me because they're both some of the first like real anime i've ever i ever saw oh sure you know so they made a kind of a big impact going back to what keith said uh uh, actually for a reason for why i like i would like akira more he said that uh because we talked about it a lot during the podcast and i i think a lot of that was because of you, Mr. Byron, over there. Yeah, I want to I talk think, more I think about you, Blue. Me too. I, um, but I think, I think maybe Akira's. I think that's another reason, another yeah. hint. Besides, I mean, the it can be now, tough so. to fit in a full discussion for two movies, and the right. kind of, you know, I think the two movie thing is more like you have a good background. Like even if we talk about right. Akira, and I apologize if you wanted to hear more about Perfect Blue, but at least you had the background of like, okay, here's two films. Right. They, you know, could get you right. started. I think it was a solid Perfect. pairing. Yeah, yeah. Honestly. I think I think Akira is a little bit more interesting to talk about because of its impact, and yeah. I think Perfect Blue is really great. Um, but it's not really, it's not, a, it's a really good movie, but it's not a landmark like Akira. Like, know about it. Yeah, yeah. And that's something I've kind of noticed in 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 the in our episodes is the m- movies that are more interesting to talk about aren't necessarily the ones that are better. Yeah, like in this day and age, or that we liked more. It's more like the the movies that uh, have an importance in history, and normally they get they get lost in mm-hmm. their entertainment value <laughs> because they were important at their time. But I'm still going to Kira. Yeah, I'll go with Kira. Yeah, I mean, it's really tough. It's it's one of these. We had another episode that's kind of like this for me. Um, I think where Jacob had a similar like conundrum. So. I think I do like Akira more. Oh, <laughs> yes! <laughs> like, I think that's a movie that I can put on at any time, like Blade Runner, and and never get tired of it. Like, I, I can just... I find myself putting it on and then just fucking getting sucked in, you know? Like, I just... Because it's like a world. It creates a whole world, you know? And I can just live in that. And there's so much going on that I can just, like, try and, like, find new things, of, you know, that's going on. Whereas... Blue, perfect blue. It's like again, it's like probably my you know one of my favorite animes, second favorite anime, um, and my third might be like Metropolis. Um, uh, but yeah, perfect blue is great. It's like a Hitchcock movie uh, with a little bit of Haneke. Yeah, um, yeah. so for sure, perfect blue is what I would is is a film I would make. I wouldn't make Akira. Um, so that's Same. what that's what makes it tough for me because my, where my interests are as a filmmaker lie with Perfect Blue, uh-huh. but my fantasy of what I really enjoy in a lot of movies like Blade Runner is lies with um, Akira. So that's why it's so tough mm-hmm. because the spectacle and everything is I love 
I love spectacle. Yeah, but Blade Runner is like Blade Runner is like the world of Akira, but the story of right. Perfect Blue. Exactly, you know? exactly. So like that's why Blade Runner is just like ah oh, perfect. It's a it's a perfect movie for me. But that's why that's why it's it's tough for me to, to pick between Perfect Blue and Akira. But I think uh, Perfect Blue is one that um not that I have to be in the mood for it, but it's one that I I I, I can't. I've seen it a couple times now and. There's a point in the movie, even though it's a short movie, where I, 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 I kind of want it to pick up, and then it starts picking up again, mm. and I'm like, okay, this is cool. How how is Satoshi Kon doing this? Because it's fascinating mm-hmm. what how he does it with an animated movie. Yeah, um, I haven't seen anything like it. So yeah, it's tough. I don't know. Really, both both super good movies. So that's why I'm curious about next week because I haven't seen either one of these. Oh, films. So it's going to be complete. It's going to be a whole new experience for me with the anime stuff. I have a feeling I know which one I'm going to like more already for next week. So we'll cool. see. see Not if that the drama. <laughs> I mean, they're both <laughs> like drama, drama, but I mean, I like isn't one the, of them like a romantic drama? No, neither of Do them. Do I have that wrong? Yeah, oh, neither shit. are that at all. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> one is like a which fucking, one's the porno? <laughs> um, one is like an action. Uh, it doesn't look like robots. Yeah, I think it kind of uh, it might be robots. Evangelion or yeah. Neon, Gen- Neon yeah. Genesis Neon Evangelion, Genesis. and then Jinro Neon is Genesis. like a fucking like post-apocalyptic like. Oh man, both of these sound fucking. Oh dope. yeah, it's a mecha anime. That's those are cool though. Yeah, both of these are going to be sick. I'm really Jinro's a thriller, so. Jinro looks fucking dope, though. I guess too. I already gave away my choice for next week. Oh, <laughs> uh, definitely the mechas. <laughs> but Neo Genesis might completely like blow might, all of our it minds. Might it might blow your mind. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I like the I like the mecha stuff. Gundam is super cool. So. Yeah, dude, Gundam man. Yeah, Gundam used to have especially. like the models. Yeah, same, pop the pieces same, out. dude. Yeah, <laughs> fucking, I live for yeah. those nerds. Um, <laughs> I do Pokemon. Over yeah, here. I was gonna it's say Pokemon, man. Gundam Wing is <laughs> and way Little cooler. Mermaid apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Never gonna let I, you live that the reason, one down. The reason I watch that is I'm going on Robert's podcast tonight actually to defend it oh wow nice so i'm gonna defend that show. that's unfortunate i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> the defending part not going on his podcast hey man i'll defend little mermaid all day that movie's well crafted say hi to ariel for me thanks i will i already did actually <laughs> nice. she she said she doesn't remember you <laughs> god damn it i know i Bad. gave her a new shell bikini what the fuck I know. She's, <laughs> she just tossed it and it floated up to the service. What is happening? Uh, she got crabs again, so it's all right. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, if you have any questions or opinions, send an email to b2bphonespodcast at gmail.com. You can also visit our Facebook page to comment on or discuss this week's episode or any other past episodes. Um, you can also ch- check out all the stuff we're posting there. If you like the show, please rate it five stars wherever you listen because it helps others find us. We can see that you, if you watch it or if you listen to it on um, the Apple Podcast platform, so and that's like where the majority of listeners are. So please just take like a couple seconds out of your day, throw up a rating uh, and a review. You can also follow us on Letterboxd at JCFolds24 for Jacob and Hyperion Creator for me. Um, next week we'll be talking anime part two with Jinro. The Wolf Brigade, I think it is. General the Wolf Brigade. Let me double check that real quick. Um, we'll be sure to fit in the <clears throat> Little Mermaid too. Just you know, to, just to talk about it at least a little bit. So 
Under the sea. I'll yeah. chop it out of the episode. It's all good. <laughs> uh, I'll save you listeners from it. Uh, yeah, Jinro, the they, Wolf Brigade. I think the listeners want to be part of our world, I think. Guys, we're like the trident that whatever his name has. You guys not get the part of our world? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> what is that? Is that supposed the to be the quintessential Little Mermaid? Uh, Little Mermaid song? Part. If we're a trident, Jacob your is world. like the bent or broken spork or spork <laughs> pork piece. You know, the, you know the fork thing, but you don't know part of your world, the quintessential song to the movie? Dude, I couldn't even tell you the uh, last time I saw Little Mermaid. Yeah, same. Honestly. I remember, she wants I, to be where the people are. I remember the, the, the bad name is, or the bad chick, or the, whatever her name is, like Ursula. Ursula. That's like the Ursula, only thing yeah. I really, like, really Because it looks like Hades. Pretty, pretty good name. Hercules. Uh, so we'll be covering Jinro, the Wolf Brigade, and Neon Genesis Evangelion: Death and Rebirth. Should be the first film, which is apparently like a supercut of the series. Uh, so it'll be a nice little thing to watch, I guess. Um, and then we'll be moving on to something else. We won't be doing anime for people who hate anime. Sorry. Sorry. Um, we did two weeks of it. I think um, we'll do it in our shell bikinis too. I think we'll we'll break those out. Yeah, I'll do it in my uh, loincloth. <laughs> well i've already never mind i won't say you can be prince eric <laughs> <laughs> who's prince eric from the little mermaid dude everything he's referencing is from the i know mermaid. but who, who is he in the movie he's like the dude she's trying to trying oh, he's, to bang, the, he's dude. the he's the human he's the human yeah, the, the human oh um, <laughs> in, in the real little mermaid does it like she fucking like dance dances on knives she dies yeah she, she turns into seafoam is that because she doesn't uh, just die her soul like disappears is that because when of, you die your soul like goes back into the ocean but here she just turns into sea foam and her soul does is that too. because of prince eric um it's because of her she was oh. supposed to like she could either marry the guy and then she's like oh i actually don't want to marry him so she has to kill him or turn into sea foam and oh. she can't she can't find herself to kill him to and if she kills him then she goes back to the to the ocean so but, so because of me she dies so yeah, I'm, ha- I'm happy to be Prince Eric then. Thanks. Well, in the Disney one, which we'll be covering, <laughs> you actually marry the uh, Little Mermaid. Actually, I'll be Prince Eric. Oh, well, sweet. Then <laughs> I get a redhead. and uh, <laughs> in the- a, redhead with, a redhead with uh, with fish with fish legs. That's the way to do it. <laughs> wow, this is a strong ending for this episode that we're doing right now. Um Good. Well, you know, glad we got there. I know human <laughs> humans and dolphins are the only like animals that have sex for pleasure. So if she's kind of like a dolphin because she's not really human, then I guess it would work out. Yeah, I think I think she's more like a like a bass, like a sea bass. <laughs> as long as she doesn't smell like one. <laughs> okay. I mean, she's the one under the sea, man. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we're going to end on that great, strong little banter between these two idiots here. Um, So make sure you watch Jinro, The Wolf Brigade, and Neon Genesis Evangelion, Death and Rebirth, for next week's discussion. Thanks for listening. Jacob got me in that sand, so that's his fault. Hey, I I just showed you the door. (laughs) You had to be the one to open it. That's from The Matrix. Holy shit. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks. (laughs) Bye.